But if you can, open up your Bible to John chapter 3. We're talking about a new life, a new life. Say a new life. In John chapter 3, I'm going to begin in verse 1. It says, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from and where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me, when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses, as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have an eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. Thank God for his word. Amen. How many of y'all ever seen, I, I don't know exactly what they call it, but in most uh, like ambulances, you'll see like a stick with a snake wrapped around it. That represents the snake that was wrapped around the staff uh, that Moses had made. The Bible said that he made a bronze snake and wrapped it around that staff. The people had sinned against God and against Moses. And so there were these snakes that were, that were venomous. And many were dying because they, these snakes rose up and were biting the people and they would die, in, they would die at, because of the venom. And so they began to cry, and Moses began to pray, and God gave him this direction. He said, make a snake, wrap it around, uh, upon a, a stick, hold it up, and anyone that looks to the, the snake on the stick, when they're bitten, they won't die, but they'll be made well. And so as the people were suffering because of the snake bites, that they were dying because of the sin they, they made against God and the man. They would look at the staff with the snake on it, and they were made whole. They were healed. Just like the people looked at the bronze snake on the stick, we look to Jesus on the cross of Calvary as our healer, our savior, and our deliverer. Anyone that looks to Jesus that, was, that died on the cross 
for, the, for the, the sins of mankind, for their personal sins, and believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He paid the price for them of His death at the cross, shall be born again, shall be saved. They, they are the ones that salvation has come to. If they will believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for their sins, if they will look to Him in their hearts and believe that it's finished, that it's done, they will be born again. There are a lot of people that want to question whether Jesus was the Son of God, whether Jesus even existed, or whether Jesus died on the cross and was able to be buried three days and rise from the dead after three days. But I want to let you know that not only did Jesus die on the cross for your sins, but three days later, he rose again. And if you will look to him today and say, Jesus, your death on the cross was a payment for my sins, and as you rose from the dead... I invite you to rise inside of me and be my Lord and Savior. You will be born again. That is the reason why Jesus came. He came not to condemn the world, not to kill the world, not to punish the world, but to save the world from the death that they're living in right now. All that do not have Jesus is living in death. They are already dead. There's no life in them. But those that, that, that look to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and surrender their life to God. Those are the ones that the life of God will rise up on the inside of them, and death will be removed off of them, and life will come on in. Death of the things that they do. There are many people that are trying to do things, and they're trying to become something, and yet they, 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 they never have any peace, never jo no joy, no, no, uh, no love. No righteousness. They try to do things in their good works. I'm going to be good today. Maybe God will be happy with me. But none of that works. The only thing that works is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only currency that could pay for the sins of humanity. The only, the only currency that could pay for your personal sins is the blood of Jesus Christ. And to get to God without Jesus Christ, it's not, it will not work. It will not give you eternal life. It will not fulfill the... the, the Fulfill the desire inside your heart. You will never be whole because only Jesus can make you whole. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we, we look to Jesus. And as we, look, as we begin, as we believe in Jesus Christ, we are born again. Everybody say born again. Not born of, the, of, of, of water and flesh like we did when we came out of our mother's womb, but born of the Spirit. We still look the same on the outside, but there's something different on the inside. We become alive. See, see, God doesn't play fair. The world, they try to change people by intimidation, by discipline, incentives to try to get you to curb your behaviors. They try to change you from the outside in. But Jesus changes us from the inside out. The Bible says he takes out the stony heart and gives you a heart of flesh. That heart that was abused, that heart that was neglected, that heart that's full of pain and sorrow, God takes that heart out and puts a heart of flesh in, in there. I remember his testimony of this one little girl who, who she went through so many difficulties growing up and people had abused her and people had taken advantage of her. But when she gave her life to Jesus Christ, all the pain and all the hurt and all the suffering that she endured when she was little, God instantly took it out and put his love inside of her. And she said this, her testimony was, I learned that God's love is greater than man's pain. I want to let you know, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, God's love 
through Jesus Christ is greater than man's pain. Amen. You can be born again. Tell your neighbor you can be born again. Amen. It's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. You don't have to live like yesterday. You're no longer that same person. You are born again. You are born into the Spirit. Into the Spirit. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says that means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, has begun. This is a new life. It's a whole new life. It's a whole new way of living, whole new way of talking, whole new way of thinking, whole new way of acting. Before the, 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 the salvation, before the born-again life, we're trying to save ourselves. We're trying to take from others. We're trying to do something to improve ourselves. We're, we're, we are either hurting others or others are hurting us. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, all that pain is removed, all that sorrow is gone. We become new inside. And now instead of being an instrument of hurting others, we become an instrument of blessing unto others. We're no longer trying to receive. We're, we're trying to give because we received everything through Jesus. There's this one person that gave his life to the Lord. I've shared his testimony because it's so beautiful. He gave his life to the Lord a, a, a few weeks ago at the altar. Afterwards, I was talking to him. I said, what happened to you? He said, he said I've, I've gone through a lot of things. But everything that I went through that was hurting inside of me, when I gave my life to Jesus at the altar this day, I felt it all gone. All go. It, it's not there anymore. There's so many people are holding on to things of yesterday. They're still, they're still bitter. They're still angry. But they never received complete deliverance and freedom through Jesus Christ. There's a new life. You don't have to live like yesterday. You don't have to accept the pain. You don't have to accept the brokenness. You might have been abused. You might have been neglected. You might have these fears that have been attacking your life. But in the new life, that's no longer part of you. You've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. You are born again. You're not that person that their marriage broke up and, 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 and that person left you and, and, and abused you. You're not that person that grew up in poverty and hurt and pain and, and suffering. You are a new creation. You're not that person that, that had sexual perversions that were holding on to you and not allowing you to have normal relationships. You are born again. That means everything of the past is wiped out. You are brand new. You don't have to accept yesterday as your reality. You're born again through Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. My brother Renee over here. How many years, brother, has the Lord set you free? Eight years. This man right here, how many beers did you used to drink a day? He used to drink 36 beers a day. The devil had him in his grips. He should not be alive today. But eight years ago, Jesus stepped in. Eight years ago, the Lord set him free. Not only did the Lord set him free, the Lord made him into a new creation. That, 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 that addiction to the alcohol was removed. The death that was operating in his life was removed. Now life, 
the, the, the doctors, everyone said he could not have children. Now he has two beautiful girls. Nobody had ever graduated from university. Nobody had ever graduated from university in his family. He graduated from university, and now he's a school teacher. What the world said could not happen, Jesus said it will happen because you are not that old person. You are born again. Now, him and his wife are both pastors in the church. Come on, church. That's our Jesus. That's our Jesus. And we're so proud of you and so happy what the Lord has done for you. Amen. Only Jesus saw that in you. I'm sure today you have family members that, that still come around and say, this man is a sign and a wonder. <laughs> but see, that's, that, that's really, really the, the word that God put in my heart for you was that the Lord wants to remove all shame and guilt of yesterday and give you that new name in Christ. Where, the, where you, people that knew you yesterday will look at you today and say, there's something different about you. This is not the same person that, that I saw. That's not the same person I grew up with. That's not the same person that I saw doing those things. This, this person's different. This person has grown. This per what happened to you? I was born again. Amen. I'm changed. Amen. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus made me this way. Look at your neighbor telling Jesus made you this way. See, you must be born again. You must be born in the spirit. When my father gave his life to the Lord, my father, he was addicted to all sorts of stuff. He had a terrible marriage. You know, he would say, I don't know why my wife was so angry at me. Just because I would go out on Friday and come back on Monday. <laughs> and he was driving a truck just thinking about committing suicide. But then a voice spoke to him and said, if you want to die, die to who you are and live for me. And that voice kept on speaking to him, led him to a church where there were people there waiting for him. And they introduced him to Jesus Christ. He drove his truck, he was a truck driver, he drove his truck home. And he told his wife, he said, Ada, I'm, I'm, I'm a different person. I'm, I'm not the same. Jesus saved my life. I'm born again. My mother looked at him and said, yeah, Carlos, what other lie are you going to tell me? You told me everything already. What other lie you're going to tell me? But then what happened was, she started to see him walk different and talk different and act different. He wasn't the same person. And he became so different that everything he did would just shine Jesus, the love of Jesus Christ, wherever he went. He became so different that my mother fell in love with Jesus and she gave her life to the Lord. And she, she, would, she would grow with the Lord and she would begin to pray and she was being changed and she would talk about, she would talk to God. She, said, she would say, God, this man is not the same man I married. I don't feel like I'm married to him because he's so different. He's so changed. I love him, but I don't feel like I'm married to him because that's not the same man that I knew. That's not the same man that, that I was with in New York City. And as my dad began to grow, and the things of God began to grow. God started using him. He started preaching the gospel. And he started traveling, sharing the word of the Lord, bringing other people into salvation. One day, they, they went off to preach in Puerto Rico. My mother went with him. And at the end of the service, the pastor of the church they were preaching at 
called my mother in. He, he said, Ada, the Lord told me that you love your husband, but you feel like you're not married to him because he's not the same man that you married. And he took her and my, and my, my father to a room, and it was decorated for a wedding. And the Lord told me to remarry you at the altar. And so they got remarried right then and there. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. See, that's what the Lord does. The Lord makes, makes all things brand new. You might have destroyed the lives of your children, but if you would give your life to the Lord and dedicate living for God, allowing God to shape and mold and, and teach you His ways, you will see that your kids will see Jesus in your life. Instead of seeing the old man, they'll see the new man. Instead of seeing the old woman, they'll see the new woman. If anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. There are a lot of people that say, well, pastor, I was born with these sexual addictions. When I was a kid, I, these things started coming into my life. But if you would come, the Bible says if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. You don't have to be stuck to the bondage of yesterday when Jesus Christ has broken every chain and has made a way for you to be free. Amen. If you will surrender your life to God and follow his ways, he'll set you free. I'm telling you, you'll be a new person where instead of being a shame in society, the people will begin to bless you because they no longer see you. They see the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Everybody say think. Amen. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about you. We don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to try to, to get, give this word to you before, before we're, we're done speaking to the valley. We are made of three, three different uh, elements or three different, the person of you is three. You have a body, some of you have long hair, some of you have no hair. You have a soul, which is your thoughts and your emotions, and then you have a spirit which is the real you. Say, the Spirit, the spirit is, the real me. is the real me. You ever heard the, the saying, it's not about the, the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the, the fight in the dog? You know, I'm telling you, those little chihuahuas think they could take on everything. <laughs> they don't see themselves little. They see themselves like, oh, bring me that pit bull. I'm ready for him. Your spirit man is the real you. And without Christ Jesus, your spirit man is dead. So you're, you're being under the control of the soul and the body. The body says, I'm hungry. You're eating tacos. The body says, I, she's pretty. Next thing you know, you're chasing after that one. Because the body introduces thoughts and desires into the soul. So the soul, it's your thoughts and your emotions. And just like uh, your thoughts, and just like the weather, your thoughts and emotions change. One day you feel, oh, I can do anything. Next day, I'm a loser and can't do nothing. 
One day, I love her. Next day, I I hate her. That is an emotional person. That's a person that's unstable because they have no foundation. The spirit of man, when they give their life to Jesus Christ, comes alive on the inside of them. The spirit of God comes and lives and dwells on the inside of them. And now you have communion and fellowship with God where God begins to reveal who you are and who he is. Jesus says when the Holy Ghost comes, he will take a mind and show it to you. When you give your life to Jesus, the teacher comes, lives on the inside, and begins to tell you how much you are loved, the plans of God for your life. You have a future and a hope in him. Instead of looking at the things and, and, and judging by what you see or what you hear of them, you start living according to the word of God, and the word of God has a whole other, a whole other answer. Doctors might tell you you are sick, but the word of God says in Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes we are healed. The spirit of God reminds you of the word of God, and next thing you know, your thoughts are not death, your thoughts are life. Amen. And so the word of God becomes truth to your life, and it becomes an argument in your soul. The spirit speaks, hey, that's not who you are. You're called for greatness. You're not called to be a part of those things that destroy other people's lives or those things that destroy your life. Hey, you're called to be a blesser, not a cursor. Stop speaking those words. Hey, you're called to live for God, not to live for yourself. Stop trying to save yourself and just follow me. The Spirit of God is speaking to you, the will of God, all the time. He's speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking. But the soul, the soul is the one that decides, am I going to listen to the Spirit? Or am I going to listen to this body? The Spirit of God says, oh, you are blessed. You have a wife. You have children. You have a family. This is, this is God's blessing upon your life. He's speaking to you. But then the soul says, hey, go have an adulterous affair. And the next thing you know, whoever you listen to becomes the one that your body follows. Understand this. The devil wants your body. And God wants your body. You can either be an instrument, a blessing, being used by God where the Spirit of God takes over and has His way, or you could be an instrument of cursing where the devil takes over your body and you just hurt others and hurt others and hurt others, and then you, then you can't stand who you are, and so you try to kill yourself and kill yourself and kill yourself. There are these influencing spirits that the enemy uses to try to get you in the physical desires to think differently. A man married 20 years and gets bored or gets tired or, or, or doesn't feel appreciated and the devil starts saying, no one appreciates you, no one appreciates you. And then one little girl who bought $20 perfume walks by, smiles at her and says, you're cute. Next thing you know, the man's imagination is going. Next thing you know, he's pursuing these things because of a devil spirit that's trying to influence him to destroy the blessing of God of his family. And so the spirit of God is screaming, hey, stop smelling her. Hey, look away. Hey, stop thinking that. 
But because that person stopped listening to God, that person starts, that, that person starts entertaining the thoughts. And really what that person is doing is taking a knife and putting it on the throat of his kids. Because they don't realize the pain and the curses that are coming upon those children because of their stupid actions, because they listen to the devil. Oh, yes, you think the devil's going to come with horns? The devil comes with horns, but they're located other places. I'm trying to show you how it works. This could be in money. This could be in, in sexual perversion. Someone, the, the devil will say, no, you're born that way. You're meant to be with the same sex. When the Bible says you're a new creation, you were born in the spirit. And you know, the only reason, listen, I, I'm not telling you this because I, uh, of any other reason than I, I, I love you. That's it. And the reason why, what, what the devil's trying to do is just trying to destroy your, you from having children or you from leaving a blessing to others because the Bible says he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible says he will release a blessing upon your life that will last a thousand generations. So if he could get you to stop having children, he could cut off the blessing in your descendants because you have none. What is the number one excuse why people don't have children? I was working. Stupidity. Children are the blessing of the Lord. You have a bunch of stuff in your house, but there's no children. It's a wasted house. I got this big mansion. You don't have a marriage. Wasted family. I worked. I built all this. But you didn't do anything with the life that God gave you. That's why I'm always encouraging people. Get married. Come on now. Go find that good thing, men. And be kind. Amen? And so your soul has to get there. Your, your soul has to be governed by the Spirit where you surrender to the Word of God. And if you don't spend time with God, I want to show you the, the, the three ways that you can start governing your soul. Your thoughts and emotions. Say thoughts and emotions. Because the enemy is a deceiver, and he will get your mind thinking on things that you shouldn't think. Listen, the, the curse has to stop off your family. The curse has to stop your family. You have to be the one that breaks through in the name of Jesus. How are we changed? The number one, you are changed by the word. Your thoughts will change through the word of God. The more word that you read and the more word that you hear, the more your thoughts will change. You'll begin to speak the word of God. You'll begin to think the word of God. You know, the, the world will tell you one piece of information, but God's word will give you the truth, and the truth sets you free. The Bible says we gird our loins with truth. In other words, it has to be, I don't care what the world tells me, what does the word of God say? If the word of God says it, that's my truth, amen? Number two, we're changed through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. That's where worship and communion, sp spending time with God, prayer, Loving God, you know, a lot of people says, well, I love God, but I don't spend time with God. Listen, if you love God, you would spend time with God. If you don't have time to spend time with God, you are doing the wrong things. Through intimacy with God, when I begin to pray in the spirit of God, not only does, 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 is my spirit man elevated and encouraged, but God begins to speak to me about my future and give me direction. You know, you can't, you can't not follow God if you don't hear from God. And so it's through worship, that's when you close your eyes, lift up your hands to the Lord and just say, God, I want to spend time with you. That's through pray prayer, that's just you getting alone and being with God. Sunday morning worship is not enough. 
Your worship be a constant thing, driving down the street, worshiping God. At home, getting into your closet, spending time with God. Amen? An hour a day, you should be spending time with the Lord. One way or the other. And the third thing, the third way that God changes us, it's changed through fellowship. That's with friends, family, coming to church. There are a lot of people that will teach you the things of God and help you grow with the Lord. But you need to, get, you need to put yourself in a, and make yourself available. That's why I love the home cell groups. You go to the home cell groups, and you think, oh, we're just going to talk about God. Next thing you know, you, you find yourself being, you know, crying in the corner because the Lord is really touching you and setting you free. Amen? It's good to have those moments. Amen? It's good when the fire of God comes upon you and God just has, has, has a way of touching your heart that's so unique. But, he, but he'll use people to speak into your life. Amen? There is no solo Christians. There's no Christian that says, just me in the world. No, it's, it's you and your brother, amen? We are family, amen? And your presence is, 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 is needed, amen? Galatians 2, 20. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in the earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you really want to have an abundant life, if you really want to see the blessings of the Lord upon your life, you have to begin to declare that you're, you're dead to yourself and you're alive to God. Amen. That everything you do, everything you are, is defined by God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That becomes your reality. God doesn't save you so that you could just be a better, part, better self. He did not save you to make you better. He saved you to give you a new life. Someone says, well, well I want Jesus to save my life. Jesus wants to kill your life and give you his. It's a new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.